is a part of the Consortium on Latin American Studies between Duke University and uh, UNC Chapel Hill. We are supported by um, that consortium. Uh, and it is our mission and goal to bring speakers and to provide a forum for folks on the campuses between these universities to talk about important issues related to um, the environment in Latin America. And so tonight is my pleasure to introduce Dahlia Amor. She's a PhD student here at Duke and she's going to be talking about forecasting deforestation and economic impact of roads in the mine forest. So without further ado. Okay, I just want to say one thing. If you want to ask questions at the end, just make sure you raise your voice as like, loud as you can so we can actually capture the question and the recording. And the one other announcement is that um, in three weeks, or on February 24th, um, SIDG, the Student International Discussion Group in Weigel, will be hosting a conference on protected areas. And uh, we'd love for as many of you to join, and you can sign up for that online. And it is free and open to public. Okay, well, hello. It's really nice to be with all of you. I don't know if we can turn one light off, so it's a little, not, not all, so we don't get to sleep, but <laughs> just some. Well, this is the project that I have been doing for my PhD, uh, part of my PhD, and as well in collaboration with a Conservation Strategy Fund, which is an NGO that works with economic analysis, and with Unidos para la Conservación, which is a Mexican NGO that works on conservation issues in Mexico. So what I'm showing, what I will show you today are the results of, uh, of our project on, on roads. So well, just to give the background, there is a big infrastructure uh, project for the whole Central America. If you can turn this one in the front better. Yeah. So the project is called the Plan Puebla Panama and goes from the center of in Mexico, Panama, to the Darien, in Mexico, Puebla, to the Darien in, in Panama. Uh, this project has had, as you can see in the pictures, a lot of uh, rallies against this big project. It has been seen as a big globalization project uh, where it's mainly foreign investment. And well, the project continues, but they just changed the name. And now uh, the, project, the project is called, has different components. That was the, the Plan Pueblo Panama. What is the RICAM, which is a network of roads that covers more than 10,000 uh, 10, kilometers of road that crosses um, Central America. More, more than $90 billion have been committed for this project. The next one that goes along with this one is called the CEPAC. And the CEPAC is, has a, the purpose of interconnecting Central America in terms of electricity, but as well to produce energy and for the energy are around 320 uh, and 21 hydroelectrics planned in the whole region. And there is another project in terms of development in, in, in the region, but this doesn't cover whole Central America, just the Maya area that is in part of Mexico to Honduras. And what this project aims is to connect all the archeological places so you have what is called La Ruta Mundo Maya, the Mayan world for, for, for tourists, to promote tourists. At the same time that we have these big development projects, we have the, what is called the Mesoamerican Biological Corridor. And the Mesoamerican Biological Corridor is a project that started from what was called Paseo Pantera. That was a project to connect all the corridors uh, for jaguars and panthers. 
later on, this project was started by WCS, and later known, the World Bank took the project, and they decided that it was not enough just to do corridors for, for Panthers, and they tried to include as well, work with the local communities in order to do productive and sustainable projects in the areas that were outside of the protected areas, with the objective of do a big corridor that will connect all Central America. As you can see, the two projects, the Plan Puebla Panama, that is composed of all these infrastructure projects, and the um, Mesoamerican Biological Corridor are high, are two projects that are kind of hard to reconcile, reconciliate or to work together. So what I'm, what I'm working is just in the Mayan forest. Uh, the Mayan forest, just the part that is in the north of Petén in Guatemala, most of Belize, and the, the forests are in the south of Campeche and Quintana Roo. This is the area of the, of, of the Mayan forest that I work. As you can see, there are big protected areas in the Mexico side, the Guatemala side, and in the Belizean side. Well, what is the importance of the Mayan forest? Why? why we start working, with, why we decided to concentrate these efforts in, in, in the Mayan forest. Well, first is the largest patch of rainforest that we have in the Mesoamerican corridor. And it's the second largest patch of rainforest that we have in, in America after uh, the Amazon. So, so this area is a very important uh, source of a species for the whole corridor, if we talk about metapopulations. And as well, it's an area with high biodiversity. Uh, where, where the Mesoamerican Biological Corridor is located has been uh, classified as a hotspot due to its highest level of endemies. This means uh, high levels of species that do not exist anywhere else. And as well, because more than 70% of its area has been destroyed or its forests or the habitat of the species has been gone. Uh, at the same time, the main infrastructure projects that we have in this region are road construction. So this is how the study area looks right now in terms of roads. So in terms of roads, we have few two-lane roads that you can see, and uh, many dirt roads and some one-lane roads. As you can see, the protected areas do not have a high density of roads or two-lane or even dirty roads. And I think that's one of the reasons that, it, that, it, that it's still a big core area of forest. You ha we have as well in the part of Petén, oil. All these are oil ways, and we have a big oil pipe that runs out of Petén to, to um, the south of Guatemala. This is the projects that are for road construction. So as you can compare from the previous one and this one, is that there is this, um, that what, what you see in pink are the projects where they're planning to remodel or make bigger roads from two lanes to four lanes or uh, much more uh, wider roads, even if it's still two lanes. What you see in yellow are the roads that needs to be constructed. And from these roads, there are different there are different possibilities. Some of these roads are highly probable to be constructed, and some are your plan are just plans, but there that hasn't been approved or even or are not even uh, on the documents uh, as a close future uh, 
road. However, we know which are the roads that are more, more likely to be built in the near future. And for those roads, we concentrate the economic analysis. But for the deforestation analysis, we decided to do it the scenarios of if different scenarios if all or some roads are constructed. So this is more or less objective, is to analyze not just the deforestation, the impact of roads in deforestation, but to analyze as well which is the economic benefit. Why? Because Central America is an area that are high levels of, of um, <coughs> poverty, and it's important as well to see well, which will be the economic uh, advantage of having these roads. For the economic analysis, we work on a cost-benefit analysis. First, just doing without including environmental externalities. And after that, we included the environmental externalities from deforestation translated in, in CO2. So in the deforestation part of the project, the first thing we did is to understand the impact of roads and other variables on deforestation. And the second part was to forecast the impact of deforestation from road expansion in the Mayan forest. So the method is uh, the first part. We did a change detection analysis uh, using satellite images from the late 70s, that was uh, early 80s, to the 90s, and, fr and from the 90s, and from the 2000s. So we have three time periods, the 1980, 1990, and 2000. And we could see the major trends of deforestation during those periods. As you can see, in the case of Belize, deforestation has gone down. We started with a point, uh, 20 percent of the of the study area, and it diminished to 1.6 by by the, the last year, by 2000. In Mexico, in the three decades, it has been a steadily going up in deforestation. And for the case of Guatemala, was the area that almost was not deforestation in the 80s, in 1980. But for the 1990, we have a 1.4%. And for 2000, we have a 70.3. So deforestation in Guatemala starts to rocket and, and continues doing up to now. So for the, the, for the deforestation model, I will go fast. What I did is uh, I worked with <laughs> a, a general linear model where I had different environmental and anthropogenic covariates. With those ones, I obtained a probabilistic landscape of deforestation, and I developed different, uh, the model had um, different combinations of, uh, of these covariates in order to see which are the ones that have more, that are more significant on deforestation, and as well, which was the best model. So to to select the model, I use the archaic information criteria. And what I obtained is from the covariates that I used, that was the road density, the distance to the roads, population density, distance to markets, elevation, slope, the old pipe, this, the distance to the old pipe, if it was inside or outside of a protected area, and if it was in the country variable, that was a, a, a categorical variable. And it was from Guatemala, so that's what you just see there, Mexico, and from Belize, so that's what you see, Mexico, Guatemala. The ones that were significant were the roads, the population, the oil pipe, the protected areas, and the country variable. Uh, so that's the, the model that had that, those variables was the most robust model. And uh, roads density resulted to be 
a very robust predictor of deforestation. Once we, we had uh, the model, we selected the model, what we did is to see, okay, what is the deforestation in a horizon of different years, so we can use with the economic analysis. Economists usually do the cost-benefit analysis in, in a horizon of 10, 15, up to 25 years. So we try to do the same with deforestation, and the variables that change, uh, obviously the country variable doesn't change, the protected areas, maybe we'll have more protected areas, but it was population density, and what we did is to estimate which was the rate in the previous years of increase, and we just projected into the future, uh, changing road density because of the new roads that were built, built, and the distance to road haven't changed. So we obtain a landscape if no roads are constructed, and a landscape if the roads are constructed. Um, after that, we decided when we had our, our uh, probabilistic landscape, we uh, started to do the economic model. So to do the economic model, we work it with the road economic uh, decision model for uh, World Bank and the high, uh, highway design and maintenance model that is as well for, from the same institution. What this model does is that it estimates which is the feasibility of your project, which is the economic feasibility of your project, uh, by obtaining what is called the net present value. If your net present value is positive, that means that the benefits are higher than the cost of maintaining and construction of the roads. And that's what you want to see in the project. Okay, how do, you, how do you estimate the benefits of a road construction? To estimate the benefits of a road, road construction is, is is not that uh, intuitive, or at least it was not that me when, when I started working on this. But the benefits uh, from constructing a road are estimated by which are the savings that the consumer or the driver has by, by the construction of the road, and as well how much traffic is generated or diverted, of, diverted uh, from the road. So how you obtain this benefit is by having what is called the, the vehicle operation cost. The vehicle operation costs are how much you save on tires, on oil, on your car maintenance, all those things. So you have to get all those numbers. And the value of the time cost, which is a re reduction of time that you get from having the new road. With all these, you obtain what is called the road user cost. And after that, you can as well include what is called the indirect benefits of the road. And which are the indirect benefits? The indirect benefits could be um, how much the tourists will increase because it will be easy to get to, a, to an archaeological site, or um, uh, how easier will be social service, uh, the social uh, service delivery. Uh, for example, getting to a hospital or getting products from some place. And the cost is an easy part of the formula because are the construction and maintenance is the initial investment. So we had different projects that we analyzed, and as I told you, what the more probably uh, projects. So here we have, here is Belize, here is Guatemala, and there is Mexico. Up there is Cancun, uh, if you have been there. So this is. The project that, this is one of the most controversial, controversial projects right now. What they want to do 
is uh, usually people arrive to Cancun or Merida or all these areas and they go through Belize through this road and sometimes they stop in Belize and then they go to Flores which is a highly touristic area and then they go up to Tikal to the archaeological place which is beautiful and some people even go to Washington which is an amazing place but this is a, a dirt road that is you have to get, uh, get with mules and it's not very easy to get there. So the idea that the Mexican government started and started to talk with, with uh, the, the Guatemala government was like, why if we do a road that goes from Caobas to Arroyo Negro directly and cross directly to Washington and Tikal? That will, will make more directly people to get to the, to the archaeological places and they will save a lot of money uh, people because they won't have to pay the taxes to get into Belize and as well this will be good to Mexico because some people from these areas of Guatemala can go and get medical service in Mexico which is which are quite cheap and they start thinking about it the problem is as you remember this is a protected area and this is a big big pack of forests is the, the core area of the Mayan forest is just in here so what we did is we obtained the studies that were already being done by the Ministry of uh, Transportation in Mexico, and we did the cost-benefit analysis again. We, we saw how they did it, and we repeated it. And we found some uh, rare or, or non-explained things. First, they, they uh, report that will be a reduction of distance of 178 kilometers from driving through this door instead of driving here. But they don't say, they say where you start driving, but they don't say where do you end. If you end here, or you end in Flores, or you end in El Remate, it's not clear. Secondly, uh, they say, well, it's 35.6% reduction on traffic. So what we did is uh, the GIS um, center from Semec in Guatemala, they estimated, okay, what, what is the, the distance to drive from Chetumal through Belize to Flores or to drive from Caobas to here? And we found that it's a difference just in 10 kilometers, as you can see here. So it's just a 2.7% distance reduction. And then we use the rest of the data, we use the same data that they used for the study that was, which is the, what they call the annual average daily traffic that is the AADT, and Mexico estimated at 12% per year, which is really high, but we say, okay, let's just keep it. And Guatemala, we obtain it from uh, different uh, traffic estimates in these points, in, in the different points. So we projected for 2000 to 2008 and so forth to obtain which was the different estimates. The next part, was okay which is uh, the which are the projects as you can see is 86 kilometers that they want to build with seven bridges the then they want this is just to repair that the, from Caobas to Arroyo Negro will be just to repair it and this part of the road is 83.2 kilometers that will be constructed so it's a really high investment to construct a road in the middle of the jungle and uh, the other from Tikal to Washington, it will be, it, it's dirt road in very bad condition, so it will need to be paved. 
And the other project we analyzed, first we talk about this road that wants to be a construct to con connect our Arroyo Negro to Tikal. And then we analyze the other road that is proposed, that is to fix from San Andres, that is the Cruce Carmelita to Carmelita, and then to Carmelita to El Mirador. Mirador is one of the most magnificent uh, archaeological places, and is two days by mule to get there. So very few future is get to, to Mirador. And they expect that it will be a great thing if they open a road or a train. There are two, two uh, alternatives. We didn't analyze the train one to get to Mirador directly. Although, one problem that we have is maybe in the future they would like to connect Calakmul to Mirador because they're, they're, uh, the government of Mexico say, well, if we connect those one, maybe the tourists will not uh, even stop in Guatemala. They just go around. And maybe then they want to connect Huachactun to Mirador through Nacpe. So there are like all these possibilities of projects. But those are not that probable. This one is, is already on paper. It hasn't been approved, but it's on paper. So, so we analyzed this, this um, we did the economic analysis of, of, that, of this area. So as you can say, they want to pave six, 62 kilometers and they need to construct 42.5 kilometers. So it's, it's a big construction, but it's not as big as the other one. And as well, we obtained which were the increment of the traffic that will be likely and we projected until, until 2034. And as well, we obtained which was the, which was the annual average, uh, average daily traffic in San Andres Carmelita and in Carmelita Mirador. As you can see, it's very low, it's six cars per day and 17 cars per day. So it's not really high. It's a very, a very hard area to, to access. Uh, so the percentage of, of increment, this, this increment of 27, we obtained it from a study that was done in terms of how, how much tourism they, they think it will increase in Mirador. So we obtained that data from that study. So as well, we had to, to quantify which are the indirect benefits. And the indirect benefits are how much the land will increase in terms of the roads. So that was already um, already done by the by the project in, by the document in the Mexican project. The increment in tourism we obtained from these other projects, and the increments in um, dollars for Mexico for providing health services to Guatemalans because they're expecting that. In terms of the cost, we obtained the, which is the cost not just of construction, but to maintain the, the road. Obviously, the, as, you, as the road gets better, the maintenance costs are lower, uh, the maintenance cost per year. And then the last, the last part, we did, which, we did the, the, the environmental impact valuation. For the environmental impact valuation, we were very optimistic. And we thought, OK, let's imagine that all the Environmental problems are not deforestation that can be caused by a road, which are many. Uh, they're, they're taken care of. And we're going just to include effects from deforestation, quantify all, only by carbon emissions. Um, in terms of carbon emissions, we use, uh, we use if the forest is converted to, uh, to agriculture or lowland forest, or if it's converted to grasslands. Of course, we cannot predict that. 
but not just to say, okay, you will go from these uh, tons of, of carbon to zero, and just to have a benchmark that it will convert it with to other land use that will uh, hold uh, carbon. And then, uh, this is an analysis that we're doing that we cannot quantify with money, but it's to see which effect will have on deforestation, the deforestation provoked by rows that we're projected will have on habitat fragmentation. And of course the road, the road, not just the area that the road covers will impact, or not the, just the area that is fragmented, it will have much more effect. However, it's very hard to, to quantify that or to have a benchmark to use it. So what we use is, um, uh, I'm working on another project with, uh, with Jaguar, so we use the data obtained by that project where we model a Jaguar habitat and we know that Jaguars avoid roads by 4.5 kilometers, uh, two-lane roads, and village from uh, 6.5 kilometers. So we use the results of these models to have an idea of not just the deforestation, but the impact that will have the roads in terms of fragmentation for Jaguars. And it's important to say that a landscape that is fragmented, uh, that is connected for Jaguars, maybe is fragmented for many other species that have um, a shorter dispersal distances. So I, I say again, that this is a very optimistic uh, scenario. So these are the results of our projection of deforestation. So based on our probabilistic landscape, we use the rock analysis to see which, which was the higher likelihood of area that was going to be deforested. So we obtained it uh, for, for the study area for, uh, from 2003, that is what we know is already deforested, to 2030. As you can see, it's expected if all, if all the roads are constructed by 2030, uh, 100, uh, 180,000 hectares will be lost of forest, according to our forecasting, which could sound big, but it's pretty optimistic because we're not saying that from some roads will be another roads, which always happen. We're not including that some population centers will grow because you have roads access. We're not including the effect of fires. Usually, um, NEFSTAP has some, uh, well, several papers of the effect of roads or on fire incident that provoke more deforestation. So this is a pretty conservative estimate of deforestation. Of course, the model have a lot of limitations because the variables and the parameters will change through 2003 and 2030, but we, we think it's pretty conservative. And well, uh, here's just to show a little uh, zoom or a little, I don't know how to say, a better resolution of the 2015 and 2020 projections of the deforestation expected by the new roads. And I will not go from, from these tables, but we did the, the different scenarios for different uh, roads. And I would like to say that we, we analyzed how much, which was going to be the, the deforestation if no roads were constructed, and then if the roads were constructed and we subtracted. So we're not double dipping on the deforestation. So, so we took care of that. Well, now let's go to the results of the economic model. The economic model, according to the S scenario analyzed by us from the Ministry of, of, of Transportation, Mexico was going to, to have a net present value positive if the road was constructed from Caobas to, uh, <coughs> to Remate, to, to 
46.8 millions of dollars, which is, which is pretty good. And Guatemala was going to have, was going to lose 46.8 millions of dollars if the roads is constructed. They were not going to have enough benefits. Then according with our analysis that consider the distance of the road, I, I, I would like to say that the analysis uh, that the Me Mexican ministry did is they consider the cost from Caobas to Arroyo Negro, but they consider the benefits from Caobas to Ticat. So, so we, we found there was, uh, um, I don't know, a problem there. And uh, our analysis show that it will lose 14.5 million Mexico with the construction of the roads. And in the case of Guatemala, we lose a little bit less, 38.8 million, but it's still uh, a lose-lose situation for the two countries. And in terms of carbon emissions, the carbon emissions, we, what we did is, depending if it was converted to grasslands or to agriculture, which is very hard to predict which kind of agriculture, so we decide uh, agricultura perenne, how do you say? Uh, exactly, perennials. Yeah. So, uh, goes from between five to point four, uh, 4.5 million. And the cost, depending of which prices you, you use in the, in the Chicago climate, checks, uh, climate exchange market, uh, the emission could go between 4.03 uh, uh, per ton of CO2 emitted and to 18 dollars. So we use the two to have a, a between in, in how much it was. So it will be a loss of 12, from three to $12 million. And you can see the same for the part of Guatemala that we expect that will be 18 to 20 million uh, tons that will be, that will be emitted of, of carbon. And the deforestation in 25 years for Mexico, we expect that will be only 6,000 hectares, which is not that high. And Guatemala, 47,000, more than 47,000 hectares will give you around 53,000 hectares in, in 25 <coughs> years. So in base of that, we estimated the, the cost emissions. Now for the other road, uh, for the, uh, this uh, second project of the road that goes uh, from in Carmelita and, uh, to Mirador, the net present value was negative for the, for the pavement from San Andres to Carmelita is uh, minus 16.8. We include all the tourism and all the stuff. And in the case of Carmelita to Mirador is $6.4 million that, that will be negative, uh, the, um, the, fact, the feasibility of, of the project. <coughs> in terms of deforestation, we projected that in 25 years, the deforestation will be approximately of 36 uh, hectares, and the emissions will be between 20.6 to 29 point, I think 20, yes, there may be an error there. And the cost will go from 15 to 73 millions in the store market, which is very, very high in terms of emissions. And in this area, we estimated that will be from three to 12 million dollars in the stock market, depending of the the emission, if it's converted to grassland or to agriculture. 
The preliminary results of fragmentation, we worked at first with just two scenarios to see, okay, what will happen if just the rows that are being, um, that, are, that are approved right now and are being constructed are done? And the extreme scenario, what will happen if all the roads that are planned to be constructed will be constructed in the area? And well, you can see here a little bit the fragments, how many fragments we'll have. Uh, there are not many, but what is important is the habitat for, for jaguars, according to the model, is uh, 400, uh, around 4,733,000 4, um, uh, 4, hectares. But how much will be of habitat loss in terms of deforestation will be around 151,000 1, uh, hectares. But that's about jaguar habitat loss. But in terms of habitat degradation, how much of their habitat will be impacted for the jaguars if, if we have this, this the extreme scenario? And we have around 322,000 hectares. So, so with the results of, just to summarize, the results of the uh, deforestation and economic model, we, we think the deforestation in 30 years will be around 180 hectares. The CO2 emissions we expect will be around 130 30 millions of ton. And we will have a net present value that will be between, that we will lose between 79 to 359 millions. The conclusions of, of the project that we have is that deforestation will in increase. Uh, due to the road construction. Fragmentation will increase and we can quantify it for jaguars. And the economic loss because of the road construction are, we, are the costs are highly than the benefits even in a third year uh, uh, scenario. And I just would like to, to acknowledge uh, all the agencies that gave, you, gave us funding for this project. Uh, the collaborations to do this project was with my colleagues from Unidos para la Conservación and Conservation Strategy Fund. And I would like to give a special thanks to all my colleagues that have been helping me with, with this project um, up to now. So, well, I don't know if you have any questions. <laughs>